0: Greetings, everyone. This is Sound Health Radio Show, where we talk about the crossroads of the environment and our health with Richard Talk To Me Guy and, as we know, Sherry Edwards is off working on the Sound Health Portal. Currently, I would suggest going to the soundhealthportal.com, scrolling down just a bit, and clicking on the Watch How button. Then... You'll see a short video explaining how to record and submit your first recording and it's real simple but it's good to watch the video to just see the how then go back to the soundhealthportal.com scroll down to current active campaigns a campaign is get to use the software for free some of the campaigns such as corona conflicts bio diet or ptsd tbi pick a campaign that you're, is of interest to you click on free voice analysis, and the system will walk you through submitting your recording. You'll receive an email with your report back usually in one to two hours. I then suggest sitting down with a cup of tea, reading the report, and then if you have a healthcare practitioner, chiropractor, acupuncturist, somebody that you work with, you might sit down with them and talk about it and say, oh, we could be working on this. That'd be really good. To hear and share replays of this show 20 to 30 minutes after you hear the outro music, Go to TalkToMeGuy.com, scroll down that page, and you'll see this show at the top of the episodes page. There are also archives of over 400 shows available there as well. You'll see that there's a microphone in all the show notes. At the lower right corner, if you would like to leave me a message, you have a question for a guest, or you have a guest suggestion or an idea for a show, you can do that directly from there. If you want, you can just leave me a message and say hi. With that, with over two decades of research and teaching experience, Sound Health bioacoustic instructor and practitioner Roberta Cuffin uses her unique skills to instruct Sherry Edwards students in bioacoustic protocols at Sound Health. Roberta's ability to make the complex simple and her genuine passion for guiding people to heal, find, and fulfill their purpose attracts high-caliber clients and students from around the world. Roberta, also a teacher of Judaism from Christian perspective and a podcast host. Her Saturday show takes listeners and viewers on a journey of self-discovery to explore the intersection between Christianity and Judaism to find the truth hidden within. Roberta considers herself the shock jock of Christianity, and her classes are refreshingly not what you expect. Roberta joins us today to talk about the future of medicine needs you to become a sound health practitioner. Welcome, Roberta.
1: Hello. Good morning. I'm glad to be
0: here. Unusual being on the other side of the microphone, isn't it? (laughs) Where people asking you questions.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly.
0: It's great. We hadn't really talked about this. How did you discover Sherry Edwards' work? What were, were you looking for something, or did you just bump into it? Were you in the music field? Were you in the acoustic? Were you already a practitioner of some other things? How did you find it? How did it pop up for you?
1: Yeah, that's, that's an interesting story. I, I've spent many years teaching, and I actually was doing a, a Bible teaching on sound. And This has been years ago and a friend of mine knew that and she happened to find a book in a discount bin somewhere and she sent it to me and it was about sound. And the person in the book mentioned a woman who could tell the state of someone's health just by their voice. Unfortunately, the book never mentioned the name of the woman. And I spent quite a bit of time actually trying to find out who that was. And I considered myself a pretty good researcher. At the time, the Internet wasn't hiding information, so it was a lot easier to find things. But, uh, but it took me a little bit of time. And once I found her name, I thought, Oh wow, this sounds exactly what I'm looking for. So I, I did feel a leading in that direction. I didn't know where it was going to end up but once i knew and and understood uh it resonated with me and i was and then i went all in i actually uh a friend who was house sitting for me at the time i i paid to have her go through the technician class and um she's helped me with my own business and um and then i went after her so I had her check it out first and then
0: uh, and then I went through see for me I actually met Sherry at a show at a whole life expo back in the day this will date us for the, for those of us <laughs> I believe I can refer to you as a nerd um, mm-hmm. that uh, it was so long ago that Sherry was hauling around a regular old CRT monitor and a big PC and she had a booth set up at the show and a friend of mine said oh you've got to see this you've got to see this and you'd sit down with Sherry and talk into a microphone And then she'd come back you'd come back in like an hour or two and she'd hand you a cassette that's how old this was a cassette with your tones on it and I was you know and then years later I wandered into her show one day and have been here ever since but it's you know once you once you see it in action and hear it it's the same way for me like I was hooked I've always thought it it is amazing work and how did you so did you, were you a practitioner for a long time before you started teaching classes, or are you, were you already a nerd? Were you already kind of a computer wonk,
1: so to speak? Uh, yes, because in my previous job, uh, I, ha, um, I had a website. I had um, several, in fact, and I did news, and I, did, um, I built some, helped build some databases, and so I had that knowledge already and so um you know when i got into this i i knew that i wanted to teach because that's my passion and so i i asked sherry right away if i could teach and she's like no you know we have to you've got to be a practitioner for years and so she came to me later and we had you know we made an agreement she asked me if i would our teaching because she liked the way that I simplified the process and and I think I do simplify it I think we've made it a lot more difficult than it needs to be and people get really overwhelmed with the amount the amount of data that we have and I think that that's a big obstacle for a lot of people I didn't want that to happen
0: even though I was nerdy well I've always been nerdy that's actually a hashtag in my profile nerd, and um, it was a lot you know when I took the training, it was a lot of information and it was it was new way it was a new way of thinking, and I think that's part of it is it's an expansive i'd already been i'd already got my degree as master herbalist i'd already had a retail herb store so I'd already been in the field of talking to people about health stuff and I was not unlike yourself, pretty good at explaining things but Stepping into the world of looking at the charts and the graphs and the spreadsheets and everything, it was overwhelming. I've talked with you enough that I know that you're a good splainer. And that's really, (laughs) it's really important. It's really, we need people. Sherry's really good at what she does in finding and figuring out. But splaining, not as great. Only because I think she knows so much, she doesn't know that people might have to know that or this or something else. She just, it just flows out of her.
1: Exactly. And we're all like that, really. When we know something so well, we're not as good as, at stepping back into an, a student's perspective. Yeah. And I learned yep. that, really, in, in um, web design and when I was building my own um, previously. You have to step back into your user's role when you're designing anything and and build that according to what the end user is going to need and how they're going to approach it.
0: Yeah. That's a whole show right there. Sometime we'll do a (laughs) show just on teaching. (laughs) Yeah, because it's a thing I have. have, I'm an educator. I'm not a teacher as much. I mean, I guess I am a teacher, but I'm more of an educator, I think, which is still Mm -hmm. teaching, Um, but it is really the ability to look at the eyes of the person that you're talking to or hearing you and going, oh, they're not going to know all that stuff that's in my head. I have to explain all that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and speaking of explaining, what are the three levels of classes? How do, how do people who want to do this
1: start? What I suggest to people is take the free class, which the, is the apprentice or guest level. That's free. Anybody can take it. And I believe that you get um, a free um, trial for the portal, which is our online workstation, to kind of try out and see kind of what it's all about. You don't get a lot of information to use as an apprentice, but it's more to kind of see what everything is about and if maybe you have an interest to that. And then the next level is the technician level, which is a prerequisite to the practitioner level course. So the technician level gives a little bit more information. <clears throat> you, d- <clears throat> you do get software excuse me. You do get software with that. And uh, no frequencies, but, but software to help you work with, um, again, just you get muscles and nutrition. You can start to see what it's like to become a practitioner. And then the next level is the practitioner level, which is much more intense than the technician level, only because the amount of information that's out there that we, you know, Sherry has put together this great resource for us. And people get overwhelmed by all of that. And you really have to explain what, how frequency works. And once they, the students, new practitioners, understand that, then they can take a breath and not be so scared or uptight about working with frequencies or seeing clients.
0: When I took it a long time ago, the final training, the bar training, are we are we changing the name into practitioner which I think makes so much more sense than bioacoustic research associate that's law lo- and that's hard to fit on a card
1: um, yeah and so, people don't know what it means really I mean yeah. we say that with in-house yeah. yeah but people outside don't know what that means so it's you know we need to use something that people identify with so I think practitioner makes more sense right
0: and as your Teaching people or working with people are you teaching you're teaching classes on each of these now
1: each uh, level? the the apprentice and the technician are um, self-paced online mm-hmm. on okay. sound health options okay. those are not on the portal a lot of people get confused that the classes oh. the online portion of all those classes is on SoundHealthOptions.com. and they can find that under classes um, I teach just the practitioner level uh, the it's a full day class it's a one week long five day a week we do it about six hours and it's very intense Uh, but I'm just starting a one day a week class for Hmm. those who can't take time off work so I'm trying to accommodate people um, to you know so everybody can come to it if they want And I'd really like to interact more with the technicians because I think um, they need a little bit extra help and they need understanding and they need to know, you know, what can they do with that level of training. Is there anything you can do with that level of training? And there is. And um, so I think it's just kind of brainstorming. And I love to brainstorm with people. It's, It's that marketing side of me coming out. It gets me Um, gives me kind of a break from the brain damage of the other.
0: (laughs) Because yeah when I took it it was a solid week just BAM a solid week. Mm -hmm. Full days and at the end I just thought and I'm kind of you know I'm nerdy and yet it was still like a it's mind-blowing because you're learning not only a boatload of information but it's new languaging, new stuff, new charts, new graphs, and it's a lot to take in. And then you're like, okay, go. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I, I tell people when they take that course, you, when you get through with the course, and probably many times throughout the course, you're going to feel like you want to cry, both yeah. men and women. And that's okay, that's normal. Because you think, oh, my gosh, how can I do this? And most of us have no background in health or, you know, we're not a doctor or some sort of licensed, prep, you know, um, practitioner. Right. So we think, oh, my gosh, how can I, I can't understand this. But, it's, but you can. I promise you, you can. You just have to work with the information. We give people two times to go through the class. And for free, you know, for the one cost, mm-hmm. and then, um, and then, um, and then afterwards, we're we're here to help you. We've got a, a we're building a great support community, and I think, um, trying to get mentoring set up and some small groups set up. So, I'm really trying, you know, with Sherry's help to set up. These, um, these ways that we can support the practitioners. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's huge. Back when I was doing it, I don't know how many years ago that was, but a long time ago, there wasn't that much support. Just because there weren't people like, such as yourself, or there were people available, but it was kind of hit and miss with who you were working with. And it's, as somebody in chat is saying, you know, it's a very valuable talent and skill to be able to turn a complex topic into an XYZ for dummies. And I know he means that in the best way.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I saw that there was a need for that. And, and because I'm not, you know, I'm not type of a person, I just want to help people. I want, I see when people are struggling and I, and I know how the, that I have the skills to help them. So it was natural for me to, to step out side of myself and start reaching out to the practitioners and say, hey, you know, do you need help or um, let's get together or whatever. And so when I first started, I only had a couple of practitioners that were with me in the class and we stayed in contact for a long time. And I know that that's common. And so I just, I wanted, I wanted it to be more than that. And so I, I have a vision for for doing that and for helping Sherry do that. So it's nice to to collaborate with her, and because she wants to see her work move forward, mm-hmm. and I believe that I I truly believe I have a mission to move her uh, her work forward, and and that's what I'm going towards.
0: All right, moving her work out into the world. That's really Stupendous, and so let's go back for a minute to the people don't I I think uh, it's the people don't need to have been in a healthcare related industry to do this and this is a sort of I'm going to go two paths we were talking about the box of marbles hold on Um, so if somebody has no experience in that world put that as a thought over there and Do you work with a lot of people who I know in in talking with in the trainings and and listening to doing shows with Sherry for a long time that people oftentimes will get into it because they either have something they want to work on or they have a loved one that they want to work on with this technology. Is that still a trend or a lot of people coming in and finding this work and going oh maybe that'll help my husband with his vision or help my wife with a you know leg issuer. Is that is that sort of an often still a gateway for people of, of their level of interest?
1: I tell you it was. It was until recently. Oh. Most people that came into it, did it because they needed to help themselves or a loved one. We still do have people like that. But I'm seeing the trend now. Since COVID, people stopped working, they they had to reevaluate their lives. That was a great thing about COVID. What really is important to us? What's our focus? Is what we're doing making us happy and fulfilled? And we, most people were finding that it wasn't. So they were like, what's really? what's the core of who I am? What's my calling? What's my purpose? And now I'm getting phone calls. The majority of who I talk to feel like they've been called to this work. And I really think that that's an important part. If you don't feel called to something, you'll never stick with it. And sound health and bioacoustics is something that you can't not do. If you're called into this, you can't not do it because it's it's like you know it's such a part of you somewhere deep inside that it was just what you were waiting to find.
0: Mhm. Well, and as you said, I think it's, a hashtag I like to use occasionally just to freak people out. Thanks, COVID, that it really helped us evolve, meaning sound health and the and the bioacoustic work, to evolve to being an online business because yes. it really did open the doors to, oh, we, we have to do this online now. So we should learn how to do this online. And now people are going, oh, I can do this online because for years it was carrying around your laptop, taking a microphone, going and sitting in someone's home, to, or having them come to you. And now we can do this all online, and I think that's really stupendous because such as yourself you have clients from all over the world. So yes. I think that's the really I think that's the exciting portal that has opened is the opportunity exactly. to find, oh, we have to do it online so we can now. Great.
1: yeah we're in a much different world now we don't have people coming to us especially COVID you know with COVID everybody was isolated and we have to find a way that we work in the in the world that we're living in right now in this in any given moment how do you do that and so um, Sherry one way that she did that was with the campaigns so people can record their voice and get an assessment online instead of coming into a clinic somewhere Mm -hmm. now we still do have practitioners that have clinics and that's great but those of us who don't I work from home it's great I'm taking you know helping take care of my parents and and other things and so I want the flexibility I travel a lot It, it goes with me where I go and all it takes is a microphone on the other end and then we you know transfer information back and forth, so it's it's a simp- it's a simple process if you know how to do it right. Mm-hmm. So what I try to teach the practitioners is how do you make it simple for the client? If you make it too hard, the client is going to walk away and they'll never come back. Right. So you have to you have to make the process seamless and as painless as possible Mm
0: -hmm. Mm mm-hmm and I think this is where I'll I'll step slightly uh, not really sideways I don't know more of an angular step Um, we haven't really talked about the sound health portal because I think that's part of the evolution is the for me the demonstration of seeing? oh look now there's the we also have the portal available which allows people to go and see it I promote it every week, I talk about it. If I want to look at something, I just go to the portal and do that. When I'm out and about or if I'm, someone's home, I can take them into the portal and, sh- and show them and walk them through like, Oh, here, look at this, look at that, get some reports. So in, and in talking to you, I really got the Oh, this, the work that you're teaching, the borrow work, the practitioner work isn't separate from the portal, it's sort of in addition to the portal. Or vice versa I think that I think everything that you learn as a bara I just can't help but use that phrase uh, (laughs) is beneficial to using the portal because it gives you more knowledge about the portal is that correct that's in the form of a question I know it didn't sound like that
1: (laughs) for me I use both the portal is is great because yes it's you can take it with you It doesn't matter if you're using Mac or if you're using Windows-based systems because the standalone programs are Windows-based. And so um, the portal, you know, you're not reliant on having to go out and um, use a a PC if you don't want one. However, I suggest highly that people do that because what happens if the Internet goes down, and you can get different types of information in different ways. And for me, I work, very, you know, very intuitively. You know, I'm praying before as I'm working. I'm just, I'm sensing how the direction I'm supposed to go. And sometimes that's through the standalone programs, and sometimes that's through the portal. And the the great thing about the portal is, it, I, I love the way that. Um, Michael has put it together, where the information is so easy to understand the because when you're trying to give a report to a client, they need something that they understand, and I even though that there's reports that come off of the portal and that you get as a maybe as a free campaign offer they're really kind of hard to understand you mm-hmm. If you get one of those, people really need the practitioner to explain what that report means. And if anybody has one of those, feel free to give me a call. I'd be more than happy to walk them through it. And, but when you're doing reports, I think a practitioner, the, the more ways that they have to absorb the information, the better, because then they're going to be able to give a more cohesive report to a client. So if, if the client doesn't understand the information, you will lose them. They will never come back to you. So it's really important yeah. that we educate our uh, the people that come to us, our clients, in, in how frequency works. And, and frequency has many, one frequency can mean many different things. So say one frequency, it might be 20 different things, for instance. It might be a muscle. It may be a vitamin. It may be a gene, a protein, any of those things. And Sherry has developed a system and taught us how to identify what something may be. It might be a pathogen or toxin as well through the architecture of the voice. And then we use that knowledge to make educated guesses on what something might be. Now, I'm saying educate a guest because we're not, we are not doctors. We're not practitioners, licensed practitioners, and we cannot say that we are unless we truly are. I tell my clients we're researchers. That's really what we are. And, and really, even doctors sometimes don't know with any certainty what something may be. But the body, the body knows it. So as long as we know what frequency is out of balance, then we can use that knowledge to administer frequencies to a client to help bring their body back into balance. It's really about balance. And the body knows whether it's, not, whether it's a muscle, a vitamin, a toxin, and we build formulas based on our educated guesses. And then we use the, the feedback from the voice to tell us whether or not we've made the correct choices in our formulas. And if not, then we go back and we correct those. So it's a very hands-on process with the client and um, the knowledge or the information that we give that is different than anything out there. They've got, we have a lot of competitors out there. And... The thing that's different about Sherry's work in bioacoustics, sound health, is that it's quantifiable. It's not subjective, which a lot of these things are. They'll give you, they'll, you know, talk into this app, you know, oh, you're on a scale of 1 to 10, you're, the, this color, this note is out of balance. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the worst, you're an 8, Oh, my goodness, you know, what are you going to do? Here, listen to the tones that we're giving you. Retest. Okay, now you've retested. Oh, look, now you're a two. See see what we did? We did excellent, you know. Do it again. We'll sell you another program, you know, on and on and on. Well, first of all, how do you know that you were out of balance in that note or in that frequency? How do you know that that was? but that was the actual frequency that they gave you. And how do you know that you're now a two? How do you know it did any good? It's all based on feeling. But with Sherry's work, we show you in the voice where that frequency is located, how it's changed, what it's done. We can show you visually what's happening in your voice. That's something no one else can do.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think it's, This is a bigger thought for me in the it goes back to Bruce Lipton and the first time I interviewed him and I've interviewed him a number of times since the very first time in the 90s I'll just go back to the 90s (laughs) Uh, and where he had the aha and Bruce Lipton was a teacher at I don't know one of the Ivy League schools and an MD who had the aha of he was talking about I was actually at a lecture he was demonstrating dna rna interaction using pvc piping which was quite amusing to watch him swing these pieces of plastic around to go see it happens here and the thing taps this and it does that and all this and it was in in the evolution of his own work in that he had the aha when he when he looked more into a spiritual side he passed through the phase of realizing that the hormone receptor sites the cells that receive hormone messages which a lot of our system works off of hormone messaging of one kind or another our little antenna uh-huh. so they're really receptive they're looking for something they're waiting for that hormone and they're not going to take the wrong one they're going to take the right one uh-huh. and so that goes to the same thing i think with the work that you do and sherry's work does is that it gives the body something that it's looking for and it the body takes it in and then the body knows what to do if we supply it with the right nutrition and good sounds is more there, good sounds. The body will help heal itself because exactly it's, it's looking for the right nutrition, and this is amazing nutrition.
1: Yes, and I think the body is designed in a way to heal itself. I don't think we necessarily need an outside source. It's just that it's a tool to help us now, and it, it's helping us remember what it, how we do that. I think eventually we will get back to a point where. We will have no sickness and no disease, and we have to, um, how do we get there? Eventually, it, it will be our own sound. And, you know, Sherry mentioned this years ago when, when uh, she was talking about the sound of your voice, and she knew that. She just built a system to kind of help us progress to that state. We, we're not there yet, but I believe at some point in the future we'll, we will be there. And I think that that's why they try to silence us and you know think about it you people used to sing my parents my you know my grandparents myself you used to walk around singing all the time no one does that anymore mm-hmm. we've really lost the song within ourselves and that's why we're all sick once we find that and if we start singing then the the body we can balance our body by doing that and I think a lot of people that do meditation or that um, intoning those sorts of things they understand that people kind of feel silly now they're self-conscious we're watching everybody else do it on social media we don't do it ourselves so we're really you know we're the losers here yeah so we have to we really have to find our voice again and I think by teaching people how to listen to the voice, our own voice, other people's voice. What does that mean? We start getting in tune with hearing. We're really not good at listening. We're good at talking, but not mm-hmm. very good at listening.
0: Yeah. And there's a including great... ourselves. Yeah, yeah. what? <laughs> uh, why should I listen to myself? What? Yeah. What a radical idea. Um, Kathleen Nagy uh, wrote a book on humming I can't I think that's part of the mm-hmm. title humming and uh-huh. it's a great thing because it uh, she's a classically trained and been doing it for decades uh, French horn player and orchestras and she discovered it. oh I which I always think is funny a lot of times the French horn will stick their hand into the bell of the output and mm-hmm. actually take the sound they're putting into their skin because their hand is in there mm-hmm. so it's really like wow what an amazing self-winding system <coughs> And yeah, she wrote this wonderful book about on humming. And it's mm-hmm. really it's a wonderful engagement to like, we're not singing. It's a little safer, it feels like, okay, we're just humming to ourselves. It's really a powerful, as you say, that singing, we don't sing anymore. I'm not a singer, but I'm a hummer. Mm-hmm. And so I'll do a lot of humming and particularly because I'm in places sometimes where if I sing, people would look like, what is that? <laughs> uh, yeah, but you're right.
1: Good. Look what people! What happened during COVID? Um, you know, my my cousin's a music teacher. She couldn't she couldn't teach music mm-hmm. because they didn't want people singing. She had to do some I don't know do something to make up in that year. You know, and um, you know if you went to church, if you went to a congregation, you weren't allowed to sing. I mean, it, it's silencing us in whatever way they can, and we have to find a way that we take our power back we don't allow them to silence us what does that mean we can do that by ourselves do it in a room do it in the shower which is great because sound you know um, water amplifies sound Uh, so you know all these wonderful things while you're swimming so let your body talk to itself
0: yeah I do a lot of self-talking as I often tell people I'm a guy who talks into a microphone alone all the time <laughs> it says a lot of yeah. sometimes the mics not there and I'm still talking out loud um, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of that why are you doing that I don't know leave me alone um, so yeah humming singing toning and I want to go back for a moment to the the classes so everything that you learn either as apprentice or as a tech or as a practitioner will help you be able to this is in the form of a question will help you utilize the sound health portal even more so
1: exactly okay yes yeah because you're learning how the meaning behind each of those uh, processes that are happening within the portal it's all um, you know built on other systems that you know standalone programs but the portal kind of makes it um, – he's taking all this data and making it more accessible in one, one place. We have standalone programs. Um, we have a couple different ones, or I should say we have one main one that we use, and then there's individualized programs. But each one of those you would have to do individually, p- potentially. But on the portal, you can do all of it together. So it's really, it's really a great tool for those who use it. And not everybody uses it. I think that they should. And I think it's very easy as a practitioner to um, – it, it's not that expensive. I think we undersell ourselves and our service. That's a big problem with us. Uh, We don't value the time that we put into assessments. If you're doing it right, if you're just giving somebody, you know, um, a basic assessment or something off the portal, I think you're doing the client a disservice personally. If you're using the portal correctly, you can take the information from all that that's in one place and you can make a very cohesive report for a client, or even if you don't do a report, you can walk them through it. You can show them online through a Zoom meeting. Mm -hmm. You can, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do that. And I'm trying to teach the practitioners that right now, different ways to do your business. You just have to be inventive and, you know, think outside the box at times. And I've had Mm -hmm. to do that in previous jobs. So... Uh, it's easy for me to do and I understand that a lot of people don't think that way. So that's why I want to help them. So that's well, the great.
0: Go ahead. Yeah. And what I was gonna toss in is again back to thanks COVID, because we're in a new world of a lot of online activity, I think people are now more comfortable doing stuff online. <clears throat> I mean there are people I use a service called Meetin, not Zoom. And it's amazing to me. The people who are doing online stuff are like, and for me, it works when I'm working with somebody on a sound. I worked with a musician who travels internationally <clears throat> and she was in Africa <clears throat> Excuse me. and she was having some problems and I had her, you know, we did a live talk back and forth in the middle of the night for me using Maiden to, to have her okay. show me her equipment. While I was talking to her, we were talking while she was showing me what, the pro- what was going on, and I helped her adjust it, and it was great in the half an hour. Yes. Yeah. I would have never been able to do that. Well, I, it's always been available, but not as readily available for people to just like, oh, yeah, let's do this right now. Boom. You're talking to them. They're seeing it. So I think that's a very powerful adjunct to the idea of being a practitioner, to be able to take people with you on the portal and go, oh, here's this information, or here's the chart I'm looking at. That's, I think exactly. that's huge because it's a lot to take in and it's it's still a lot to take in but if you're seeing the visuals I'm a very visual person for me it really helps
1: me too uh, and it I, helps to explain it
0: yeah you can actually see the dots and when they see something like I say the the infamous methylation cascade chart oh <laughs> lordy oh my god I have, I've spent a lot mm-hmm. of time with Sherry in webinars having her run to the methylation cascade methylation mm-hmm. chart and it's just uh-huh. like it's always oh my god! It always just makes my mind cross because it's so much information in that what looks to be a not huge chart, but it's uh-huh. a big deal. And it's so much easier. It must be much easier for you to be able to take somebody and show them, oh, here's what we're talking about. This thing right here, you're not getting the, uh, you know, your mitochondria aren't getting that. Right. And here's why. And here's how we can help you fix that. I mean, that's amazing. Having the visuals mm-hmm. really helps. Makes me think exactly. about being a practitioner again. Like, oh, yes. yeah, I and can do that.
1: Because I'm comfortable with technology, I'm usually walking my clients through the process from beginning to end.
0: Uh-huh. And, you
1: know, I understand a lot of practitioners aren't comfortable with that, but I, I usually do a remote session with them on their computer. I help them, you know, download any the, we download the free um, Audacity program. we ask people to do that. It helps to record uh, the voice within the mm-hmm. parameters that we need and um, set up their microphone um, and then i I just give myself the file as I'm doing that I'm helping them um, we're talking, we're discussing so i'm I'm helping them through this process and and usually I'm doing that. By walking them through step by step on their own computer, whether I'm doing it remotely with them or I'm guiding them through it via Zoom, etc., and I think that when what I've found is when I do that, the clients really appreciate it because we have a lot of people out there, especially older people, that don't understand the computer, that don't understand, you know, what button do I need to push. Or, you know, what do I need to do? How do I send a file? How do I do record? They don't understand any of that. And if we could just get them online, get them online to a Zoom call, at the very least, then we've taken a huge obstacle away from them. And then they're going to breathe a sigh of relief and, and say, wow, I really can do this. So uh, that's another way. We, we just need to do whatever we can to help the people that are coming to us or that want to come to us there's there's more and more people coming all the time mm-hmm. you see what's happening the, I, in the world
0: I think it's a huge thing to be able to as I said I have spent a lot of time in in WebEx and webinars with watching Sherry do this stuff and it always helped me to watch the process even though it was all about the answer at the end but it still really helped me to see it so the idea that now as a practitioner is you say, I can do it on Meet and you can do it on Zoom, to actually show people what you're doing, and then later on they might have a question about that or like, what about that thing you did there? What was that? You know, it just really helps to be sharing the same visual information.
1: Yes, and that's one thing that you can't do with the other standalone programs. You cannot show them um, because there's proprietary information on those programs. Right. We can't, yeah. You really can't do that. Um, And so it's really easy with the portal because you can hide, you know, that information so it's not viewable to your audience. So I think that that's very important. You can can cut and paste, certainly, and whatever, but, you know, that all adds time. And as practitioners, we have to, you know, when you start, you understand how long it's taking you to go through those reports, and that's uh, another obstacle that a lot of new practitioners face they think, oh my gosh, I I can't make any money at this, but you really can if you do it the right way. So you need to really find ways to streamline your process and what's going to get you the quickest answers for people. And I think we have to be honest with ourselves and, and know that that's what we have to do. People expect good reports. We cannot undersell ourselves. But it, you know to do the work we have we actually have to do the work ourselves too and that's practice mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's that's a big thing yeah a lot of practitioners don't want to don't want to do that right it's Too much work
0: and there is this I'll call this a qualifier I'm not sure quite quite what to call this there is that point where you I can't put this into a formal question sorry but you'll know what I'm asking there's a point at which you have to decide whether you're a client because sometimes even as a client you can be very excited by what's happening but there's a difference between being a client as an actual practitioner and is there is there a choice point? you you probably have worked with people that came to you to be a client and then they went I love this I want to do this
1: yeah I've had both okay Um, I have a Longstanding client who's actually getting ready to go into the next class and be a practitioner, so I'm really happy about that. And then I've had people to call and want to, um, want to be a practitioner, but I can tell by their voice they might not be, you know, suited for it or maybe they're going in it for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. So my advice to anybody that really isn't sure, do a free campaign. You know, call me. I'd be happy to, um, you know, walk people through an assessment, or any of the other practitioners. We have some listed on the Sound Health Options website. You can do a, a free campaign as well, but I would um, make sure you reach out to a practitioner to explain it or, again, call me or I can give you to the to another practitioner. But... Um, get a report back, see what that's like, see what that process is, understand the type of information that we're getting or that we're giving you. And again, if you don't have somebody that's going to explain it well to you, that might not be the best thing. Hopefully you would get somebody who explains it well. And then once you see all of that that goes into it, then you'll make a better decision. And then I tell them go into the free apprentice class. It's mm-hmm. free. It costs them nothing. And see what it's all about. And then if they want to progress, then they can do that. I don't really want people to go in and not be satisfied or be upset that they made the wrong decision. You know, it's all mm-hmm. on us to make the decision. But I want to give people tools to be honest with themselves because I know I wouldn't want getting training for anything can be expensive and it's time consuming so if you put all that effort into it only to find out it's not what you want to do or you should never have done that there's there's regret there and I don't want to be part of that process I want to be honest with people so that's what I would suggest be a client, get a free campaign if nothing else I do free initial assessments for people. I don't know if there's other practitioners that do that. Um, Probably you could check around. We all do things different, and it depends on, you know, you've got to connect with your practitioner too. So um, some are also chiropractors. Some are massage therapists. Some only do sound health. Some do um, rice um do parasite cleanses as well, for, you know, so there's this whole gamut of practitioners and how they work with bioacoustics, and, and so each one will have a little bit different perspective. They'll have a different way of doing things potentially, so be comfortable with whoever you're going to work with.
0: Well, I think it goes to what we were talking about earlier about being an educator or you know a teacher or something when you work in whatever it was when I was an herbalist. This is you have you have to have a certain tolerance for having to maybe say something 12 different ways. Tolerance isn't quite the right word. <laughs> patience. There we go. Patience. Sometimes it feels like tolerance but it's patience and you have to be willing to be with a client and go at their pace. You can't, just won't work if you are at a particular pace and you want them to come catch you.
1: Yeah, and here's, here's the funny thing with me. I, I have um, a huge family. You know, where I live, it's like everybody's related. And a lot of <laughs> older generations, you know, we spend a lot of time with the older generations. So you have to speak slower. You have to speak clearly. My mom always had an expression, round and plump, <laughs> and she made us practice that. She, we had spelling thing uh, tests when we came home from school. I, I appreciate that because it really helped me to articulate. And then on top of that, I, I homeschooled my daughters all the way through. Um, they went to um, junior college as part of their education, but um, and so I learned that each person learns differently. My older daughter, very structured in one way, that she would hang upside down when I was trying to teach her. And when I first started doing that, I would be like, you sit up here, you pay attention. And, and she would, and she'd hang back upside down again, and I would tell, quiz her, okay, what did I just say? After, you know, three times of that, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is why I homeschooled. Teach them in the way that they learn best. Now that daughter went in, you know, went on to become a pharmacist. She she's out of that now, but she, you know, highly structured. My younger daughter, she wanted to play, she wanted to experience, she wanted to, you know, she wasn't really that interested in school. She learned better with with videos and more Um, not as structured, and she went on to be, you know, work in education. So um, I think that you have to understand how each person learns, go slow, adjust. I never know how my classes are going to go. I I love just working, you know, um, with the crowd, working the crowd. Yeah. I want to see how, what are my students like at the time? because they're going to be different than the ones before and the ones before that and the ones before that. I want, I want to see, you know, what... I want to read the crowd and, and teach to my students, not have them just listen to static, you know, material.
0: <laughs> yeah. The old days, there was a short period in my life where I taught at a university. I taught film and video production as well as business <laughs> communication. And I would watch professors that had been there for a long time, and they'd just push, pull out the big you know, the big book for the semester. <laughs> I'm teaching Econ 101 this semester. And they'd just pull out the big book and, like, flip pages and read. And it was just deadly. It was a deadly uh, style of teaching. Just horrific. It was not my style, obviously. And what um, do you learn? I, what
1: do you retain?
0: You learn to just remember the six things they want you to remember. It doesn't,
1: yeah, there's the no test.
0: system to it. There's no, yeah, just you learn how to take tests. And that's a whole other show. It just blows my mind that people don't, as you say, work the crowd. You have to even if it's a one on one, you're still working a crowd. Or like I am when I'm talking to a guest, I'm with the guest, I have to be in conversation with a guest. I have a list of questions. But there's got to be a flow to it. And you have to just establish that rapport. So it is, you have to be willing. And as, as I say, thank COVID. I think it's really perfect. That now it is everybody is set up to like be online, be communicating that way because that's how we had to be communicating because it makes it so much different for, as I say, for me to be able to sit down with you and be online and have us look at something. And you walk me through it would be just huge exactly. in terms of learning because when, when you know that I'm stuck on something, you go, oh, no, that thing here that you're hung up on later on that will, you know, whatever the words are but it's Mm -hmm. really about it's true of anything if you're going to be in a client relationship with anybody you need to speak at their level and I mean that again in a kind way yes you know hold their paw take them through it
1: (laughs) and really when you have people that are asking questions that you think are obvious or you even get you know um, short with them or you think oh my gosh you know this person is asking this question, don't they know? It really helps us to be a better instructor because we, it takes us back when we first. It should take us back, if we're good instructors, to the time where we didn't know that. And so we need to, to understand that there's people that that don't are not at the same skill level that we are. I have to slow myself down a lot still. I try to be better um, all the time, but, you know, we can always... We, we always have room for growth, each one of us. So being at the level of our client or our student is very important.
0: Mhm. And again, I really, when the Sound Health Portal came out, I had a sense that, or I thought, this is my thinking, that that was going to replace the practitioner lugging around the laptop thing. But the more I've talked with you, I realize, and the more I've looked at it, I really realize that they, they're a perfect combination now because you have the I best really of both worlds. So. Yeah. I really think so. I really
1: think so. I know that you know, the idea, I think, was for that originally. Oh. Um, I, I say don't do that because it's how people absorb information. And plus the fact that we have these screens, I think screens are not good for us anyway. We're looking at them, you have this, this, um, um, I'm sorry, I can't think of the word, like this vibration that's coming back from us, from the screen. So Uh sometimes it it gives us headaches, it affects us. Um, Some people just can't be on the computer. So I think that I don't like the idea of just going to the portal. So, because people learn in different ways, and I, I I don't know any other way to describe it. But for me, I have to feel the information. I have to feel the numbers. My, it's like you know, my fingers have to touch it. I don't know what that means, (laughs) but I. So I have to kind of sit with the information a little bit and and allow kind of God to talk to me through the information. I can't. I can't explain it and so depending on what how i'm working and what i'm trying to accomplish i'm doing that in different programs and i'm sure there are other people that are the same as me that they like the different programs so you know my suggestion is to keep keep the keep the uh-huh. options open mm-hmm.
0: yeah but I do like the portal. I remember now one of the reasons I was excited about the portal is because I was primarily a Macintosh user because I produce on a Mac. Yeah. so I'm in a Mac world I'm cross-platform because of what I do. I have to know both systems, but I'm dominantly a, a Mac user and huh. That was the exciting part for me of having the portal be available is that it meant I, I had gotten a, a Windows laptop which since has died the idea of having the portal while I get the next laptop is an exciting thing because it doesn't stop the work. It it does allow some Mm -hmm. stuff to be happening, knowing that at some point, again, I'll have another windows machine and be able to do even more.
1: Yeah. I think as a practitioner, you cannot work efficiently without the portal. I think it really helps you to work quicker. So if you want to make money, actually make a business out of this personally, um, I, I think you need the portal. Now, you know, other people may have ideas about that and may, may have um, great systems down already. Like the older practitioners who helped build the programs, who know, um, who are more confident working in the older systems, they may have a great flow down. For me, I find my quickest flow um, is from the portal, the online portal, because I can, mm-hmm. the information, the way it's laid out, I can see an overview. I, I like to work general and and narrow down. Some people like to work on certain issues. I like to work on them all at the same time, and then let's, let's narrow down. Let the body decide. Right. Tell me. I want the body to talk to me. I don't want you to talk to me. Tell me what you think is wrong or what your doctor thinks is wrong. I want the body to tell me what's wrong. So I work a little differently than a lot of other practitioners in that way, and, and I teach practitioners to do these different approaches, whatever you want. Um, However you want to work is up to you and what your business model is. But for me, because I want to see an overall picture, the portal allows me to see that um, very broadly and quickly. So I like that. And I I personally would not um, work without the portal. That's is such that you can – it's not – um, astronomical so you can pass that on to your clients right mm-hmm. it's not that much mm-hmm. um, when you're looking at other business expenses you know right um, as a practitioner you're not spending that much
0: right and I do love the part of the portal I remember the first couple of times I've, in the early stages before the portal was out and the evolution since then I love the pie chart Just like, boom, there's the thing. There's the thing you want to work on now. There's the thing.
1: Yeah, and we're going to be expanding on that. That's something that we've talked about recently, and um, the reports are going to be much more comprehensive. So uh, that's something new that that Michael will be doing, and and we're going to collaborate together on some things with Sherry, obviously. So I think that um, exciting things, you know, we're constantly trying to be better.
0: Right. And I'm stunned to find we're at the part where I need to ask you, where can people find out more about your work? And I will put your email address in the show notes because you asked me to, so people can reach out to you because there are some people in chat asking some technical questions, but they're way too technical for here. <laughs> um, but I will put your email yeah. address in there as well. But how do people follow you and find out more about your work?
1: Yeah, they can go to my website. My personal website is bioacoustichealth.com, B-I-O-A-C-O-U-S-T-I-C, health.com. And you can contact me through there. You can contact me through Sound Health, too. I'm on the practitioner's page of soundhealthoptions.com. Yeah, feel free to email me to reach out. Look at the contact page. You'll find my information there. I'm happy to to talk to anybody.
0: Great. Thank you, Roberta. See, that was really easy.
1: It was easy. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. That's
0: exactly how it you should be. You always
1: make it easy, Richard. So thanks. Thank
0: you. Thanks. Everybody have a great rest of the weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you. Bye.